please join me in the litany of invitation and confession. God, who raised Jesus from the dead, is with us as we gather for worship. God shepherds us with words of life and surrounds us with love. We are vulnerable and easily overcome by the weight and demands of our lives. Yet we trust God's shepherding care. God will renew our strength, restore our hope, and empower us to be witnesses of resurrection. Sisters and brothers, God meets us with Easter honesty. Let us give thanks, for we are forgiven. Let us lift our voices in praise to God. Welcome to the worship of God on this rainy and cloudy day. But it's good to be together as God's people in this place for worship. As the opening litany proclaimed, it is still Easter. We're still in the 50 great days of Easter. And so we celebrate the presence of Christ and the resurrection. It's also, let's see, another special day. It is Mother's Day. So on this special Mother's Day, uh, uh, welcome. Some of our people are out traveling to uh, go see their mothers on this day, but some of you have come to be here, and we have guests among us. As you know, we're going to be ordaining Caitlin Cook Fur this uh, afternoon at four, and family has come in town. Brother Casey, Mom Jenny, Dad Ray, and husband-to-be Peter. And so wherever you travel from, welcome. There is uh, a welcome card that's on the edge of your order of service. If you'd complete that and drop it in the plate, uh, it would be good. And also, I, I'll be glad, our church will be glad, our deacons will be glad to pray for you by name and by need. I'm going to be preaching from the first lesson that we will hear read today, and the sermon title is The Gospel According to Dorcas. So listen uh, for that. And let's see, we have some special people calling us to worship today. It's the boys and girls in our children's choir, and they're going to sing For the Beauty of the Earth. You know that hymn? For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Lord of all, to thee we praise, uh, raise this our hymn of grateful praise. Boys and girls, you sing, and we will be good listeners.
God shows mercy to a community held together by a disciple who was merciful to all. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Leda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them aside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. And then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, who was a tanner. Here ends the first lesson. And now let's say our prayers together. Holy God, Scripture tells us that you are the good shepherd and that the shepherd cares for his sheep. So we come this morning seeking your care. We live in a world that is so confusing and unsettling, and we don't know what to do. For there is the saber-rattling that comes from North Korea. There are threats of terrorist attacks on the U.S. military in the Middle East. There's another school shooting that takes the lives of two young people and forever changes the lives of those children who witnessed it. And Mother Nature unleashes her power across our country, and storms and tornadoes destroy homes and communities. Good Shepherd, we need your care. We need the gentle stay of your staff and the comfort of your voice to calm us. We need your care, Good Shepherd, when we go through dangerous places of our own choosing. Daily we test our freedoms in precarious ways. Eagerly we grasp our wants. Tenaciously we hold fast to harmful habits. Foolishly we neglect the healthy care of our bodies and souls. And compulsively we feed our anger by nursing bitter memories and shattered hopes. Good Shepherd, who walks beside us through dark valleys and routine paths, keep your voice strong and persistent. Be patient with us and restore our souls and lead us in the paths of righteousness. We need your care, Good Shepherd, when we experience shadow valleys that are beyond our own choosing. Some of us live in the specter of physical uncertainty. Some of us lose loved ones. Some of us face uncertain financial futures. Some of us long for meaningful and fulfilling work. And some of us can't find time for much-needed rest. Good Shepherd, when such valleys come our way, gather us like a loving mother in your arms and hold us in your safety and comfort. And finally, Good Shepherd, Remind us that life is not always full of dark valleys, for there are those times when we have enjoyed green pastures and still waters. We have known the unconditional love of family and friends. We have marveled at the dependability of the change of seasons. We have celebrated birthdays, graduations, and Mother's Day gatherings with family and friends. We have enjoyed times of vacation and respite, and we have laughed aloud with children. Because of your blessings, Good Shepherd, our cups have been full to overflowing, and we say thanks. As we make our way along life's journey, may we be so attuned to the sound of your voice that we will choose to follow you, Good Shepherd, in the paths of righteousness and desire that your goodness and mercy will be the hallmarks of all our days. Now hear us, Good Shepherd, as we join our voices together to pray the prayer that Christ taught his disciples long ago to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The Shepherd's Psalm, a reading from a psalm. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here ends the second lesson. Would all the children please come forward at this time for our lesson today with Miss Caitlin Cooper. All right, y'all, Miss Caitlin is going to talk to us today. Everybody come sit near her. Everybody see? All right, Pastor Daniel has the offering plate, okay? Caitlin and Leah, there you go. All right. Everybody got a seat? Yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah, Sebastian, it's a teddy bear. And sometimes if I'm feeling scared or if I'm sad, I'll squeeze him, and it gives me a little bit of comfort. Do any of you have a teddy bear? Oh, yeah. Yeah? And do you hug it sometimes? Yeah. You have a soccer teddy bear. Yeah, and you hug him. And sometimes if I'm feeling sad, I do that, and it brings me comfort. So the psalm that Miss Marie just read for us is about God providing us comfort. It says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God is with us when we're sad and when we're scared and when we're happy, and God can comfort us by being there with us. A few years ago, I moved to Atlanta, and I didn't know anybody when I moved here, but I knew that God was with me, and God provided me comfort. And God was the one who told me to move to Atlanta so that I could go to seminary. And God's been with me every step of the way. And today is a really, really special day for me because Northside Drive is going to ordain me. And so Northside Drive is saying, yes, we know that God has called you into ministry and is going to continue to be with you. So God is with me every step in my life, and God is with each and every one of you in every step in your lives, and God provides us all with comfort. Well, yeah. thank you, Miss Caitlin, for our lesson on comfort. And boys and girls, like Miss Caitlin said, she is going to be ordained today. And did you hear her say that word seminary? That's like a special school where she kind of went and she learned a little bit more about God and people and all sorts of stuff like that. So this afternoon she'll be ordained. Can you say ordained? And you know, it's kind of like the church is going to say, yes, we know that God is working in your life, Miss Caitlin, and he is here to comfort you, and we know that you are going to do special things. And you know, that's all about us, and what we and, and we're saying that to her, and God, we're affirming that we hear God's call in her life. And we do this special thing. You might not come to her worship service today, but at her worship service today, everybody in the congregation will take their hands. Can you take your hands? And they'll use their hands to lay them on Miss Caitlin, and then they will pray with her. So I thought today that we could pray and lay our hands on Miss Caitlin today, okay? So what you're going to do is some of us can come here. We're going to put our hands on Miss Caitlin. So reach out and touch Miss Caitlin. 
very carefully. And if you can't touch Miss Caitlin, just touch the person in front of you. Okay, so everybody put hands on someone. Now let's close our eyes and we're going to pray. Dear God, thank you for calling Miss Caitlin for all of the work that she will do for you in your son's name. God, we thank you for comfort that you give us. And we thank you for every day that you're with us. In your name that we pray, amen. All right, very good, boys and girls. Let's go with Miss Mary Lou to choir. Why does it take? Jesus claims his identity as a shepherd of his disciples, a reading from the Gospel according to John. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, but you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand, for the Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My mother's sister, that is my aunt, 
said that she started listening to sermons when she was about five years old. Uh, some of you might catch up with that eventually. But if she was a five-year-old, maybe about Jolene's age. And one Sunday, the preacher preached on uh, a woman. And after preaching about the woman, all the family went home, and my aunt said to her mother, my grandmother, read that story again to me. And she did. And then she read it again and again and again, and it was about Dorcas being kind. It was about Dorcas being a helper. It was about Dorcas using her hands to make things like clothing that she gave away to people that needed it. As you well know, my aunt's name was Aunt Dorcas. And she never forgot that sermon and talked about it every time she and I talked. Now, I don't know if a scripture story has the power to format a life. It would be like a poem being able to be incarnated in a listener's ear so that she becomes the person about which the poem speaks. It would be a text that texturizes a life where you become that. If that's possible, that is exactly what happened to Aunt Orcus. Because the attributes mentioned in this first lesson that talks about Dorcas in this ancient city are exactly the attributes that my aunt had. Let's see, she was kind, she was a helper, she did compassionate things for others, she made things with her hands as long as her hands and eyesight worked, and she gave them away to people she cared about. All of those fit the life of Aunt Dorcas. Aunt Dorcas was not a mother, she had no children but she was maternal. Now you know that an aunt can have a lot of power, right? Those of you who are aunts, you need to use your leverage. I remember when I was a hospital chaplain and a family was stuck, if I could get an aunt on my side, uh, it was gonna happen. She was gonna make it happen. And so some of you are aunts to others, nieces and nephews, or your teachers, or you are coaches. And you have the power to bless, to encourage, and to delight in. And so on this Mother's Day, I want to preach on the gospel according to Dorcas. And here is what I believe that gospel is, that faith is something you practice. That's it. Faith is something you practice. And it's a double entendre about practice, as in it's something you do, but it's something you have to work at doing to practice. Now you might say, now, wait a minute, I thought faith was about how you articulate it. Well, maybe so, but there's nothing in the text. We, don't, we hear no voice from Dorcas at all. Well, I thought faith was about getting our beliefs and our doctrines in order. Well, maybe so, but we don't know what she believed. It says that she was a disciple, and it's the feminine version of that noun. But that's all we know. Is it about prayer? Isn't faith about knowing how to pray? Well, maybe so, but there's no prayer for Dor Dorcas. All we know is what she did, and what she did, she did with love. She was a disciple, and if, if, you, if, if, if you're trying to build a case that women should not be leaders in church, don't read the, the Acts of the Apostles, because they're all leaders. The women who were part of the Pentecost experience, Dorcas, I think, was probably the pastor of this church. Lydia, in, um, by, the, by the river, the cellar of purple, had a house church that met in her house. There's Aquila and Priscilla. And so all of these are women, aunts, mothers, maternal leaders in the church. So if faith is something you're, you practice, and this is the gospel according to Dor Dorcas, two things I want to say about it. Number one, the gospel according to Dorcas is a gospel of good works with compassionate actions. Good works, compassionate actions. That's the way the text describes her. Maybe, maybe she had heard about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount years before. 
Maybe she had heard uh, about what he had said of uh, let your light so shine before all that they will see your good works. Same word used to describe Dorcas. See your good works and glorify God who is in heaven. Maybe she knew of that. Maybe she knew of St. James's letter, probably the brother of our Lord, who wrote that be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, that faith is something you practice. Maybe she had internalized the poetry of the shepherd's song, the one we heard read, the 23rd, and she, as a maternal presence in the church, came across people who were wounded and scarred and scratched, like a shepherd would have a sheep whose head had been cut on a sharp rock or the scalp torn by a briar or a thorn. And the shepherd would anoint the sheep's head with oil as a medicinal uh, treatment. Maybe as a pastor, she did exactly that as a good shepherd. Faith is something you practice. She practiced good works, compassionate actions. I've said before that when my sister and I were cleaning up our mother's house six years ago after she had died, as many of you adult children have had to do, isn't that a chore? (laughs) And who wants all that stuff? Isn't that a chore? But we were cleaning the house and giving away what we can, and then we opened the cabinets in the kitchen that had all the corning ware. The corning ware that on every one of those Pyrex, whatever the stuff's made of, dishes, there was a piece of masking tape. And on the masking tape was her name, Mildred Lampkin. Now, I could tell from their many usages that they, uh, uh, (laughs) I guess you would say they had had several tours of duty. Because when there was a death in the Swigert family, she filled one with a peach cobbler and took it over. When there was a hospitalization in the Swigert family, she filled one with fried chicken and took it over. I think she lived the gospel according to Dorcas, that it's not something we say as much as it is something we do. I thought of uh, Sylvia's mother, Martha. I asked Sylvia before the service, was it your mother's recipe for chicken casserole or chicken and dumplings that she was known for? And Sylvia said, both. The reason I bring that up is that many times Martha brought to your families during times of crisis one of those chicken casseroles or chicken and dumplings made with her recipe. And then when Martha was dying, some of you made chicken and dumplings, chicken casserole with Martha's recipe and brought it to Wilton and the family and the caregivers. You hear the reciprocity of grace and how good works just keep on giving. There was a maternal man who died this week. His name is uh, Jean Vanier. You recognize him? Melissa does. He, you want to tell the people what what he's known for? That is exactly right. If you didn't hear her, he founded the L'Arche community, which is French for the Ark, that he had lived in Toronto, Canada, and had a heart for persons with disabilities. There may be another way to say that now, but but that was it. And he started uh, uh, the L'Arche community. By the time he died at 90 years old, he, there, it was 147 of these in 35 countries around the world. One of the persons that converted to live with the L'Arche community is uh, uh, the very well-known Henry Nouwen, a Catholic priest and writer 
who has written like 50 books uh, when, until he died in 1996. He, because his, his, he said his soul was drying up in academics as a teacher, and he wanted to get with people in a different way, and he joined a large community and lived for the last like 12 years of his life. The theology is that it's not the persons with disabilities that need us. It's that we who are more abled, we have something to learn from them. That they are teachers to all of us, and also by living in community, we learn things that we can't learn any other way. We lost a maternal man this week, Jean, John Vanier. Good works, compassionate action, that is part of the gospel according to Dorcas. Here's the second thing. She helped people connect. Um, Caitlin, you might say that she ran the first faith-based nonprofit as a community organizer. There's some commentators that say when the words the widows, the widows are mentioned in the book of Acts, that it was a little more than just an accidental gathering that maybe they had formed their own community of caring for one another. You remember that widows were very much on the fringe if there was no social security, no insurance, nothing to take care of them, and no family around. So they had found each other, and maybe it's my imagination that Dorcas was their organizer. Perhaps she was one of them. That as uh, the, the, the widows had gotten together, as some of you do, to lean on each other, that they were able to be more because they were friends with one another. Maybe that's what she did. Remember, she put things together with her hands. And when Peter showed up, all the women standing around Dorcas were wearing the clothes she made. You see that in the text? And Dorcas did that as well. She made and knitted, she stitched, she crocheted. Hanging on my mantle every Christmas is the stocking she made me 60 years ago. And now hanging beside it is one with Liz's name that uh, we found one after she had died that was about halfway done. And Gail Hermance helped us complete it with Liz's name hanging beside. She made sweaters for me, ones for other people. But in so doing, when it came time for Dorcas, Aunt Dorcas, to die, all these friends showed up. That even in her death, she was stitching people together. I thought also of Karen Bjornard on this Mother's Day. When Karen died, and we were all so sad about that, the text I used in her funeral was from Colossians that says we are knitted together in love, stitched together in love. And that's what Karen did. She was a crocheter and a knitter, and some of you learned to do that because she taught you. But as I talked to Radar and then to her kids, uh, Eric and Leave and Tron was still alive at that time, they said she knitted all of our family together. I guess that is the way it is with faith, that those who can work with their hands may even do beyond that and even in death bring people together. Now, Dorcas in this text died, but then she comes to life again. I don't know what to do with that text, but I know that eventually Dorcas in the Bible died again. Like the Lazarus story, he got to die again. But even in the dying, people were brought together. That's the gospel according to Dorcas that I read. And we are all descendants and beneficiaries of the poetry of Aunt Dorcas and of Dorcas in the Bible. On this Mother's Day, could we re-up and recommit to live that gospel, to do, to do good works, to live by compassionate actions, to work at staying connected with one another, for we are a mothering church, shepherding, ordaining, stitching together our ragged piece of the world, doing so together in love. The gospel according to Dorcas. Thanks be to God. Amen.
is our tradition that when a word is offered, an invitation to dedication is given. And the hymn of dedication we sing today is an intimate one about prayer, of where our heartbeat is near to the heart of God. It's a song we sing as we each make decisions about dedication in this week and living by the gospel according to Dorcas. Let's stand together and sing. Well, each week at this time of the service, I bring celebrations and concerns and some announcements to you. Uh, first, uh, an announcement and a celebration. Um, I, I want to celebrate the, the word that you brought to us this morning about uh, compassionate service, because I've seen that happen in the congregation again and again. I want to thank Dr. Melissa Bokhaus for helping to coordinate uh, a compassionate service to a family in need. Thank you, Dr. Bokhaus for the gift cards and the clothes for the family in need that you helped coordinate and deliver last Friday. And for all of you who helped participate, there'll be further opportunities too, I think, with this family. So I wanted to name that this morning. Directly after the service, uh, our own Murdy Cope will be taking photographs for our updated member directory. It will be in the colonnade right outside the sanctuary. If you've signed up, if you could just make your way out there, if you want to get your picture taken today, we have about three or four slots available. You can simply wait uh, in the colonnade area until that time's available, directly after the service. At 4 p.m. this afternoon, we'll be ordaining our own Caitlin Cook-Fur. So looking forward to that this afternoon. Caitlin, I'd like to ask you to go ahead and make your way to the lectern. I'll call upon you in just a moment. She'll be bringing us a word in just a moment. That'll be at four, and all are invited for that ordination service. Tomorrow, our church and council will meet at 7 p.m. here in the church. And then on Tuesday is our end-of-the-year Triple E picnic. That will be at the home of Jordan and Patty Clark. 
Barbara Ashley, who's in Tennessee, was writing me this weekend to remind me to tell you that if you needed a ride, that there would be carpooling available because parking is somewhat limited on the street next to Jordan Patty's house. So if you need a ride, simply call or email Barbara, and we'll make sure that you get a ride to the Triple E picnic. That'll be on Tuesday. We have uh, a, a new grandbaby in our midst, don't we? Jordan and Patty Clark welcome a new grandson, Rhodes Stearns, son to uh, Robert and Suzanne Stearns that was born last week. We celebrate the birth of Rhodes, celebrate with you. And from joy to grief, we continue uh, our journey. You heard me announce last week that our own Bill Jones had died last Saturday and that funeral arrangements were pending. They've now been made for Saturday, May 25th at 11 a.m. That will be in our chapel with a reception to follow in the fellowship hall. Call upon Caitlin now at this time. Thank you, Caitlin. Good morning. Mm -hmm. So I first became a member of Northside Drive about three weeks after I moved to Atlanta back in 2015. And I moved here to attend graduate school at Emory. And I'm excited to say that tomorrow I will graduate with a Master of Divinity, with a Baptist Studies Certificate, and a Master of Public Health and Global Health. And my call um, to the ordained gospel ministry is to work in global missions and to help align the resources and knowledge of the public health community with our call as Christians to serve people who are in need. I've never felt more confident about anything in my life than my call to ministry. And my plan is to work at a faith-based nonprofit to engage churches in research-based efforts to serve others and fulfill our God-given mission of Christian service. I am so grateful for Northside Drive as you have nurtured me over these last four years and you've helped me to grow into that calling and gain a better understanding of what it means for me. You've allowed me space to learn as a minister, and you've loved me, and I've certainly loved you. So I want to thank all of you for affirming my calling and for ordaining me today. I am beyond thrilled, and all I can say is thank you. Caitlin. One more announcement. Um, I meant to say, if you wanted to sign up for uh, getting your photograph taken for the membership directory, there is a sign-up sheet in the table in the narthex for the Sundays that Murdy will be here. Please do so. Let's continue our worship with the giving of our tithes and offerings, and the choir will bring us uh, this offertory hymn, Savior, Like a Shepherd, Lead Us.
all-loving God, for the gift of this day we are grateful. As you have shepherded us and mothered us through our lives, we pray that that might be true this week to come as well. Receive these gifts and offerings as symbols of our gratitude. May they be used in the service of ministry. And now as we turn to a day that is not yet, but sure to come, that we look with a prophet's vision of when your kingdom shall come and be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us fortitude and strength, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to have help in saying the benediction today, and so we're going to raise our hands and do the same things together. And if you want to say the words, you can say them too, okay? All right. May the strength of Christ uplift you. May the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround you. And may the grace and mercy of God give you hope and give you courage. This day and every day, as we prepare to go in peace, say Amen. 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 Thank you. Well done.